Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we're going to share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good evening, Julie. Howdy doody. <laughs> Howdy, partner. We are, I'm in county fair mode on this end. We've started our fair this week, and so... I've been talking about breeding heifers and all kinds of stuff here. Yeehaw. So you have had a busy day and the start of a busy week ahead of you, but that's good because more people get to see you. Don't know if that's a good thing, (laughs) but we're starting our county fair and celebrating what our 4-H'ers have accomplished. And so what about you? What have you been up to this week, Dev? Not a lot of work's been crazy busy, but we are ramping up this week with a new software program, which will be fun. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. You talking about new software and things like that. (laughs) You nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just busy around here, but I am excited to talk about this week's scripture. Yeah, um, I was looking back in our notes and I think it was like, We started Bible study in January of 2021, and I think we talked about this in February. I was kind of looking backwards a little bit. You know, I didn't really have a plan per se. Like I knew there were some things that I wanted to start off and and talk with you about, like the prodigal son. And for whatever reason, I included this one towards the beginning. And I think it was really birthed out of, you know, you reaching out to me, Hmm. you know, and kind of saying things just aren't working quite for me um, and you wanting that or having that desire to change. And it was just like, that was just such a huge moment and not just your life and, but in my life too, Devin, um, to be able to come alongside and then start this journey with you and look at the ripple effects. The ripple effects. That's so true. It's just good news being spread and you were a good source of that news. So thank you for being there for me. And I'm excited to share this and I hope, other people will be touched by it as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to elevate you here a little bit. And I'm not doing it um, facetiously or or I'm not doing it lightly. Like, I would want people to have that drive or let's say to have the epiphany that you did. Like, okay, maybe this aspect of my life is just not working. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's something that I need to reconsider. That I Maybe this is an area where God is challenging me to grow and to change. And so that's kind of the idea with us doing this. I pray that people would have the vulnerability and the strength, Devin, uh, that you did. And um, that's the goal of tonight, of us getting together. Oh, thank you for saying all that, Julie. Oh, no problem, Dev. I I truly mean it. And I know that sometimes it's hard to change. You've got to be kind of in the right mindset. I remember um, a couple years ago, I was really disappointed in looking at myself in pictures. Mm. I had put on considerable weight and... I decided to join Weight Watchers, which was really cool. A shout out right now. I want to send it out to my coworker, Tammy, because she is our weight loss guru. She was our leader. She was kind of like our pastor, if you will, of of Weight Watchers and um, just so encouraging. She's awesome. But, you know, it was really cool, Devin. Like when we would get together in a meeting, there would be like 70 to 80 people there, men and women, and they would share just their frustration Uh, with feeling out of control when it came to their eating habits, or they would even feel like because of how they looked, they were feeling unloved, or they were feeling very much ashamed. And I would hear people talk about, you know, I'm tired of the way I am, and I I want to change. 
And I, I was right there with him and it, it takes a lot of courage, you know, like we talked about earlier to change, you know, to say, this is an area of my life. I, I don't want to stay here and I'm done talking about it. I'm actually going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So that's where you, you know, that night you picked up that 500 pound phone, right? And you yeah. reached out to me. But the, the beauty of Weight Watchers, actually, it's not called Weight Watchers anymore. I think it's called Wellness Wins. But the beauty of it is like week to week, we could see people's progress. You know, like you would weigh in or people would talk about victories and things like that that they had. And so it was really cool to see people like starting to change. Their bodies were changing. They were losing weight. They were growing in confidence and everything. But I started thinking like, what if the thing that needs to change in you is not visible on the outside. Yes. What if the thing is not so much that you need to lose weight? What if the thing is that you struggle with lust or jealousy or, or a judgmental spirit? I mean, like right now, Devin, I'm looking at your face on Zoom and I would like to pretend that you're perfect, but I know you're not just as I'm not. I know that you have to have struggles But, you know, on the outside, looking at you, I can't see what those struggles are. Only you know what those are. And that's why it takes us, you know, it it takes us to to step forward and to have that courage. How often have you heard someone say, you know, I struggle with this or struggle with that? And you were like, I never would have guessed that. Well, you see it all the time. Like, you know, God forbid when people commit suicide, it's sometimes the people that you never thought would. Because they're so bubbly or so happy on the outside. And then when they do it, it's like, wait, what? I thought they were fine. Like it's stuff that you never know about. I know, right? Do you know about the iceberg analogy, Devin? Have you heard of that before? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's like um, an iceberg. Supposedly about one-tenth of an iceberg is what we see above the surface water. And so the largest part, a huge part of the iceberg, nine-tenths of it is hidden or buried below the water. And I think that's how we live our lives. You know, people get to see kind of like the outer one-tenth of us. Right. And there's so much more going on below the surface. And yeah, there's a lot of hidden joys and good things that are going on. But I tend to believe that our our broken dreams or our feelings of shame and and guilt and us harboring like unforgiveness and hurts, that's what's lying below the surface. Yeah, it's like when people are like, hey, how are you? And you say, good. And it's like, yeah, are you really good, though? The other F word. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. It. Yeah. And it's just like, why am I saying that? Maybe I'm not good today. It's just a very surface level answer. And it's just kind of one of those things that you just want to move on with your day. I'm good. How are you? Good. Okay, bye. Which, by the way, everything you're saying reminds me of Facebook, too, right? Everything on Facebook is surface level. Yeah. And um, I I will say this disclaimer, I would never air my deepest, darkest secrets on Facebook. That's the last place I would go. But my friends, here's the question is if you're really struggling in some area, when was the last time you reached out to someone that you know, and you trust Um, someone like Brene Brown says that is, you know, it's a privilege to hold space with them. And you say to them, this is where I'm struggling that therein lies the challenge. And I think, Devin, what people don't realize when they're listening to this right now is, you know, just before we logged on, you asked me, Julie, how are you? Yeah. And we do a lot of that checking in with each other well before we ever hit record. Because it's important for us, I think, to be brutally honest with each other first before we're honest with other people. 
I had a friend one time say, instead of saying, how are you? Because you're expected to get those just like surface level answers. You say, how is your heart today? Oh, I like that. Yeah. And it just makes you, you know, really evaluate where you're at for the day. And and it also gives the person who's answering, you know, space to share how they're feeling. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool. And so I hope that, you know, today that we look at some scripture that challenges people to grow either, we could say from the inside out or if we're going with the iceberg analogy that you're going to grow from the bottom up. I like that. So John chapter five, right, Devin? Before we get started, why did you like this little bit of scripture? Do you remember what it was that challenged you here? I don't want to give away any spoilers, Julie. So we're going to jump right into scripture first, and then we can talk on the other end. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Okay. So this is John chapter five, verses one through nine. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches, waiting for a certain movement of the water, for an angel of the Lord came from time to time and stirred up the water. And the first person to step in after the water was stirred was healed of whatever disease they had. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Oh, this is good. I think the pivotal verse here is, would you like to get well? Yeah. It's the hard question. And that's why I love Jesus is that he's not scared to ask the hard questions. No, it's 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 a pretty blunt question. At first look, mm-hmm. Devin, it's kind of a stupid question. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I would like Duh. to walk. Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been laying around here for over 30 years, of course. But it's crazy in this moment. The man doesn't even really answer. He just kind of gives an excuse. And Jesus like is like, just stand up and walk. Stand mm-hmm. up and walk. But there's so much that is in this interaction that I think when we read it, Devin, we kind of gloss over what's going on in a deeper level. This is more than, it's more than just Jesus healing someone who's been paralyzed. You know, we were, Devin and I were talking before we got started about just things that we had been through in life. And and there's so much that I could share. And at the same time, I'm not looking to throw anyone under the bus. But um, at the time of my divorce, I was confronted with a lot of how we were going to work through the problems that had come up. And and it would have been so easy for me, Devin, to like blame all of the wrongs in my marriage on my husband, mm. when actually in so many ways we were both equally guilty of, you know, so many things. And when we started going to counseling, one of the things that was really important to me was for me to work on me. I, I knew I couldn't, quote, fix my husband, or any of his issues. I had to trust God and the people he was journeying with in group with that. But I knew that, and you know some of my story, I knew there was a lot that I had to like really dig down deep in and uh, examine and some really tough questions that I had to ask myself or even allow, you know, God to investigate a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, I think so much of my life I've I spent so much time burying things. 
like those things that are embarrassing or shameful, like Devin, I've, I've put those below the surface water, right? They're, they're part of the nine tenths of the iceberg. And it takes a lot of emotional energy to do that and physical and spiritual energy. And so I show up at group at therapy, basically. And I am asked this question for the most part by, you know, by our leader, do you want to get well? Because if you do, it's going to take some work. And it's going to take some investigating and getting to the root of some of these, these things that you believe about yourself. And, and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to face the hard reality. So listen, I was in a support group and I, I won't say what kind of support group. Again, I don't, you know, I'm not looking to go into morbid details. I was in a women's support group before I jumped into this other group called letting go of shame, which was really important to me. I was in just kind of like a, an addiction support group. Okay. And Devin, I walked in to the, and I had no idea what to expect. There were close to uh, 100 women there. I remember all ages. At that time, I was in my right around 30 years of age, maybe a little bit older. I can't remember. I'll never forget. The therapist looked at us and said, take a good look around the circle because one month from now, less than half of you will still be here. And it was because she said, once we start really getting at some of the hard work that we have to do, that people will just start falling away. It gets uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's hard to sit in that. It is. It gets so uncomfortable, Devin. And, and she was right. Devin, by the time I left that group, I was in that group for only about nine months before I moved into a, a different group that was even a little more challenging. We were down to about 15 we started with over 90 and there were 15 of us remaining. I mean, even through basic training, that's essentially what basic training does in the army. They weed out the people who don't want to be there. They yeah. weed out the people who aren't too uncomfortable. And even as an athlete growing up, I remember all my coaches and basketball would always say, you have to get to the point where you are comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where real growth and progress takes place is in the uncomfortable yeah, it's like, well, let's go back to Richard Rohr. When does great transformation come through great love or great pain or great loss, right? So when you go through that painful process, that's when growth and that's where transformation really takes place. So, I mean, do you think that when Jesus was looking at this guy, Devin, who had been paralyzed for so long, it is a silly question, isn't it? For Jesus to say, do you want to get well? Like, do you think he's talking to him on another level, maybe there a little bit? more than just his legs being healed, do you want to truly get well on the inside? Yeah. Because he knows if this guy starts walking again, Devin, everything's about to change. Like, be prepared. Your life is about to drastically change. And are you truly okay with that happening? Yes or no? Him being lame is his normal. That's where he's been for 38 years. Don't have to work a job because I can't move my legs so people bring me food. Yep. I'm pitied. So there's a couple people who like to play and stay in victim mode. If I heal you, you can't own that anymore. You can't be victim anymore. And by the way, I'm sure that he's got tons of friends. He's been hanging out of that pool, the pool of Bethesda, waiting to get healed. So all of his friends are lame as well. He's going to have to get new friends. Everything is going to change. Yes, he'll be able to walk and that's great. But every other dynamic, every other aspect of his life is about to be upended, uprooted. And so I think Jesus is saying, listen, like when I do a work in your life, mm -hmm. it, it might cost you something. Like all of a sudden you're going to be doing life a little bit differently. And I think 
most of us would rather stay just where we're at. Yeah, it's tough to make that change. It really is. I'll share a little bit about me and my story. I don't know if it came from basketball or what, but I played basketball my whole life. I was a point guard, so I had major control on the floor. (laughs) And that's where my control issues now that I'm working on come from. But, and as a point guard, you're kind of the quarterback. Like, you run the show. Like, you're the face of the team sometimes. Not saying D1 face, but, you know, you play a, a pretty important role in the team. So, after basketball was done, I lost some identity. And Mm. I had to work on finding out who I was outside of basketball again. With that being said, I had a little bit of taste of the limelight, if you will. Mm. Um, I had a taste of purpose. I had a taste of passion. And when I got into the real world, I was working a marketing job where I was working from home five days a week. I wasn't interacting with people. I was moving boxes on a screen. It was emotionally and spiritually and soulfully draining Mm. to the point where I was just not happy in my life anymore. And Katie knew it. uh, My friends knew it. I could see myself snapping and just being bitter more than I should. And I just was so hard on myself where I wanted, you know, to be successful. And I put success in a box that isn't true success meaning Mm. I valued money I valued honestly like fame or like how people acknowledged me sure um I valued you know what your job that says everything about you and because I valued those things that's where I got stuck and when I got to that breaking point for many reasons in my life when I called you in January of 2021 it was because I valued all those things And that's when I knew that I had to change from the inside out Mm. in order to really start growing in my life where I felt whole and I valued the things that truly mattered and not those things that I talked about. It was painful getting there, wasn't it? Like it was painful process. Yeah. So I had to have an awakening. I had to say, Julie, I am. I remember I called you bawling my eyes out and I said, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm broken. And I want to fix this. And I don't know how to fix it. But I just knew that where I was, it wasn't meant for me anymore. And I wasn't living that way for 38 years, thank God. But even for the past three years was long enough. I knew that it was time to grow. And there were a lot of things that had to happen after that. You know, moving on from different people that I surrounded myself with. Me changing. Me figuring out myself. Mm. I had to do hard work after this. I truly think... In January of 2021, it was like at 1030 at night that I called you. Jesus was saying, Devin, do you truly want to get well now? Oh, my gosh. And I answered the phone and I said, yes, I do. From there on, like I said, it wasn't easy. I had to do things that still hurt today, but I'm a better me because of it. Mm. I had to figure out what truly mattered in life. Well, I say amen and the podcast is over. Because... <laughs> It's so true, though, Devin. I, I'll never forget that phone call, and um, my heart was breaking for you. And not to say, you guys, that Devin has arrived, and not to say that I have arrived. Not even close. We talk about this all the time. We are, and forever will be, yes. works in progress. Let me make that clear. I am nowhere near where I even want to be or where I, I will ever go. Yes, absolutely. I had come across this quote and I really, I really like the wording of it. 
you know, people are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, Devin and Julie are talking about, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this in order to get in God's good graces. That's not what we're saying at all. I think if that's what you're thinking, you're asking the wrong question of God. I think all too often, and this is not an original, I read this and it's so good. uh, This author stated, it's not, we shouldn't be asking, what does God want from me? We should be asking, what does God want for me? And I think that makes all the difference because he doesn't want me to stay stuck. He wants more of that iceberg, you know, to be seen. He does, He's not happy with the nine tenths that we keep hidden where all the secrets are and things like that, right? Yeah. And that's the funny thing, too, is that on the outside in the past five years of my life, if I met somebody on the street, nobody probably thought anything was wrong, right? Except the I knew something was wrong inside of me and the people closest to me yeah. knew that something was going on. And before I even said anything to you, Julie, we were sitting at Panera one night and you called it and you said, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, Jody and I, we knew it. My goodness, we only saw each other at that point in time, like maybe once every six to eight months or something, you know? And Jody and I on the way home, my my twin sister and I, um, for those of you that don't know, had met with Katie and Devin and and I'm like, something's not, something's wrong with Dev. Like she's Mm. not... She's not herself right now. And yeah, and I think even you played it kind of cool then. Yeah, you didn't really show your cards, even when I asked you if everything was okay. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it is fascinating. That whole, the iceberg analogy is spot on with that. I think what saddens me a lot, Devin, is I know so many people who they are so used to living in in a state of, I want to say disrepair, but that's not even it. They're not living into all that God has for them. Beautiful way to put it. And they're so happy living. It's like the lame fellow that we're reading about, right? That's his normal, his mm-hmm. his miserable state is normal for him. And I remember a couple of years ago, my brother-in-law, Jim, um, had his, hi, Jim. My brother-in-law, Jim, had his gallbladder removed. And I had gone with my younger sister, Jill, to the surgery. And it was fine. Um, he had routine surgery. But I'll never forget, the doctor came out and was basically like, how long has Jim been sick with this? And Jill's like, I, you know, I don't know. He just recently had an attack. And I'll never forget, he was like, his gallbladder is very diseased. He's been sick for a really long time. And I think it just kind of grew so gradually. He didn't notice how sick he actually was. Right, because that's all he knew. Yeah, it had kind of become his new normal. My friends, like when you start harboring bitterness and rage and even personal shame and, and you're you're doing all you can to keep that below the surface, right? You won't let that out and you, you won't process with anyone. This starts becoming your new normal. And I'm telling you, the good news is that God wants more for you. And Julie, you just kind of touched on it. The most fascinating part about this is that, yes, we could fool others around us, maybe our neighbors or somebody at Kroger, but God knows how we truly feel. He knows that bottom layer of our iceberg. And there's a beautiful quote that you put on our, our little podcast notes here. I'm going to steal your, your limelight for a second. But oh, it go says, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I always say this, Devin, like when we do a quote, it's one of my favorites. And so apparently right? I have like a hundred, but this is a good one. This is one of the favorites. And it says, so long as we imagine it is we who have to look for God, we most often lose heart. But is the other way about. He is looking for us. 
Yeah. So why do you like that? I love it. I love it because I feel like every day Jesus is checking in with us. Kind of like we just talked about how every time we get on the podcast, you and I check in. Hey, how are you? Every day Jesus is asking us the question, do you want to get well? Mm. So every day leading up to January of 2021 for me, Jesus could have been like, hey, Devin, do you want to get well yet? Yeah. Or the next day, how about today? It's Friday. You want to get well? Like he's always checking in saying, do you want to get well? Because I am here to heal you. Yeah. Like the guy in the story, Devin, if you go back and reread that, you guys, you notice he doesn't yell out for Jesus. He doesn't say, dude, come and heal me. I've heard something about you. Instead, Jesus is looking for him. The guy's not looking for Jesus, right? Jesus just comes right up. He makes himself known. And I love that about Jesus. Like, I don't think he's overly pushy, but like, I love what you just said. That for maybe months or even a year before he did it, like Mm -hmm. he's checking in, Devin. Yeah. I see you. I know how you feel. Yeah. You, you, You seem a little stuck. You know, I can help with that. Do you want to get unstuck? Mm hmm. And he's always saying, disclaimer, it's not going to be easy, Devin, but let's walk through this. Do you want to get well? And he's right there with you. I mean, I think so often, too, we're like, Jesus, if you really knew all the things that I had buried and all the things that I'm that I'm hiding, you know, from you, which is just silly, by the way. Because I think those things, too, like, I'll just hide that from God. Yeah, right. Like, (laughs) like, you know, he's like, I know. I know everything about you. You know, I still love you. You know, I I love you. Come on, let's, do you want to get well? I'll go on this journey with you. So I believe that God's calling us to have, I would say, not just tough conversations, but I think he's, I think God is really um, just brilliant. I think he is sending people into your life mm. who will ask you, like, do you want to get well? You know, Devin, we've talked about this before. I don't think any meeting between individuals is just random. Nope. I think there's always, there can always be a divine purpose behind everything. No such thing as coincidence. No, we've said that from the get-go, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, perhaps maybe if you're listening today, Maybe this is your intervention, so to speak. And maybe this is God coming after you in a good way, in all the good ways. And he's saying, listen, are, are you feeling sick with unforgiveness and it's robbing you of joy? Pick up your mat. Go walk. Are you a people pleaser, you know, and it's robbing you of joy? Jesus is saying, get up. Pick up your mat. Yeah, pick it up. Walk, you know. And today's story, I think, is really supposed to be really dramatic and, and very personal. I mean, Jesus walks right up to this guy and he doesn't really mince words. He says, get up, walk, take your mat, go, 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 go. And it's really interesting because the original Greek word in that bit of scripture is talking about resurrection. Ooh. You know, an awakening from that which was dead. Beauty from ashes. Beauty from ashes. And I think when we go down below the waterline, I think there are some parts of our soul that have just kind of died and um jesus is saying come on be reborn grow grow with me and who i made you to be oh yeah because i was living five years of not feeling like myself and i was truly resurrected and i know like we might be digging into some personal aspects of your life and i don't mean to pry or and of course we're not 
going to ask you to share those personal things on Facebook or anything like that. I know how it feels though, you guys. Like I know that um, I've buried a lot of things in my life for a reason. Um, I know I've been hurt a lot. I know that I've built up walls. I've had this belief that I've sinned so much that I don't even see how Jesus would really even want to come in and get to even know me. But I do practice what I preach. And I have people in my life that I can have tough conversations with. And one of them is on the other side of this this microphone right now. Same. I have people in my life who challenge me to grow. And so Devin and I want to challenge you today. We want to challenge you and ask you, do you want to get well? And Julie, with the hard work that we talk about, and you're saying you have people in your corner and your circle who are willing to ask you those tough questions and have the tough conversations. I think too, part of the hard work is doing an inventory of those around you. Mm. Are you surrounding yourself with people who are going to push you to become a better person? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are like this guy in the the scripture who are invalid for 38 years who don't want to get well? Mm. Because getting well and getting off your knees is a lot easier to do when you don't have that added weight. Mm. Oh my gosh, yes. That is a brilliant point, Devin. I never thought of it that way before, but it is so true. You know, my friends and I, um, um, and I'll I'll name them Lisa and Kendra, we have very different spiritual backgrounds, but we all have very strong beliefs in God. And we might worship differently. Um, our worship style is different, but when we get together, we can, we can talk about God and how he's challenging us and what, what, how we see him working in our lives. It makes all the difference in the world. It really does. Mm-hmm. And not just to see them grow and, and for me to grow, but like, to have that support. I am reminded, Devin, there's a beautiful story in the Old Testament of Moses. And I know I'm going to mess it up a little bit, but it's just fantastic. Moses has reached what they call the promised land, like the land they had been wandering in the desert for so long. And they get to the promised land and he is very weak and he's so weak he can't stand. And two men come up beside him and I can't remember who it is exactly that comes up beside him and they stand and they basically lift him up and they prop him up on both sides so that he can see what God has promised. Whoa. I know it's beautiful imagery, right? Yes, it is. Do you have those kind of friends who are like, you've struggled and you've wandered for so long. I want you to see what God has in store for you. And and they come beside you and, and they lift you up and they hold you up. I mean, It's just beautiful imagery. And I love that you said, you know, you and your best friends, you may not think alike, which is beautiful because we shouldn't have all yes men in our circle. That doesn't matter because the end goal you guys all share, meaning you all want to grow together. Yeah. And hear the good news together. Yes. And go through life's hard moments together and do the hard work of picking somebody up next to you together. Yeah, I think that's... That's what loving well means. That's what loving your neighbor means. I just keep saying beautiful, but it's beautiful when you see it happen. If you're having trouble, you guys, um, getting up off the mat, you know, reach out to us. Reach out to us on our Facebook page if you want or send us a message. Um, One of the things I I realized quickly uh, when I was talking with Devin that night is I couldn't fix her. Devin, I couldn't fix you. 
Right. Right. All I could do was say, hey, I'll, I'll go with you on this journey. Yeah, you did. Yeah, tell me what you need. But I had to get up. Yeah, you had to get up. And um, if, if you need some people to come alongside you and kind of prop you up the way Moses was propped up, you know, if you need some people to, to kind of show you what, what God has in store for you, like, let us know. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Um, you don't have to do it alone. No, it's time to walk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So with that said, do we want to share with our podcast partners the bad news? The bad news is, ladies and gentlemen, is that both Julie and I will be (laughs) on vacation next week. (laughs) So we will be taking a break next week, but we thought it'd be a good time to catch up on some episodes maybe that you've missed or to re-listen to some. But once we get back, we'll jump right back in and pick things back up where we left off. But until then, check out our Facebook page. That's where Julie puts out... Julie does not put out disclaimer. I, I do not. I I don't put out. And um, that's not the good news of this podcast. That is not. That is not. No, no. <laughs> anyway, reel that back in. Go. She shares share. some golden nuggets throughout the week and touches on the podcast that we talk about. So definitely visit us there and reach out. As one who puts out, by the way, <laughs> I would love for you guys to share the word, you know, like share the good news. We think that this is a message worth hearing and not just because it's Devin and I, but we hope that you're able to share this with friends and family members and And it's an encouragement to others. Yeah. So if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you don't like it, that's okay. We're going to be here anyway. I'm going to keep putting out. I don't know about you. (laughs) So on behalf of Julie and myself, yes, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.